This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. For those of you that don't know, I'll tell you really quick. Um, we work and live at Danita's Children. It's a it's a children's home or an orphanage, but it also has a church, a school, and a hospital. And I'm a nurse and uh, the director of a pediatric hospital. Um, and then my husband is in charge of maintenance, so he does all the things that help everybody do everything they need to do as far as electricity, <laughs> water, um, internet. Um, if the internet goes down for five minutes, it's Bertico's phone is just blowing up. So he helps with everything, operations, to make sure that the whole um, orphanage and facilities can can be running. So he's a, I can't live without him in many, many ways, <laughs> uh, but that's one. Um, I just want to say I know that 2020 has been um, extremely difficult and strange and, and weird and full of unknown things, but I want to tell you tonight that I have had the pleasure to see miracle after miracle happen in 2020, which is kind of crazy talking about what happened with my family and what we were going through, but honestly, what we lived out was daily manna, picking up, getting your daily manna every single day, and also living out Psalms 91. I mean, I think I read Psalms 91 every day. I had to print it out in my office because there were so many things that were unknown. It was literally stepping out in faith and watching that happen every day. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, he humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And in 2020, it was that. It was daily going out, picking, out your man, picking up your manna, eating only what you could eat, and knowing that God was going to provide for you the next day. Uh, Psalms 91, I won't read the whole thing, but two parts of it um, just really flooded over me every day. Psalms 91.4 says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. You will find refuge. And Psalm 91.7 says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. And I will tell you, in Haiti, these things are being lived out right now. And in 2020, literally miracles were happening. When 20, I'll just tell you a little bit of recap of what happened in 2020 and then where we're going. Um, but 2020, basically Haiti shut down like everything else, but the Haitian government shut down and did not give any 24 hours for Americans to get out. It shut out. So we're an island. So if you shut everything out, nothing can come in, nothing can come out, including food, fuel, um, anything that you need. So you're talking about if things shut down, you're in a major crisis, okay? And my mom and my 11-year-old niece were in Haiti when this happened. And so it was chaos, and it was very scary. And honestly, God just took care of every single detail uh, they were able to get evacuated out, and we had made the decision as a family that my husband and Corbin would also be evacuated out. Why? Well, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. We already have very little access to medical care, food, fuel, all those things on a regular day. 
and now everything's shut down. And so because we were concerned that with 11 million people that live in Haiti, 11 million people, and there was only 65 ventilators in the whole country. In March, we didn't know what was gonna happen with coronavirus, but you needed to be prepared. And so because we were not sure what was gonna happen and the lack of access and everything being shut down, they got evacuated. Well, why did I stay? <laughs> well, not only is this our calling and what we're supposed to do, but I was the only one in the country that had access to any bank accounts. So, you know, to run a whole organization, you gotta have access to money. <laughs> so you have to have money to pay your bills, you have to have money to buy food and supplies, and I was the only one in the whole organization in the country that had access to that. So we knew morally and ethically I would not leave because I had that responsibility to make sure that our staff and our children, our 87 children that live there, had access to food. And over this period of six months, we went without oxygen. We, but it was miracle after miracle, okay? We um, got oxygen in the Dominican Republic, and that shut down. And I remember having a conversation with our medical director talking about how we only had one tank of oxygen left and that we would have to make the decision which child gets oxygen and which child doesn't. These are, these are real conversations that I have had thinking we have to choose which child's gonna live and which child's gonna die. And guess what? God doesn't do that. God made a way in the very day that we ran out of oxygen, the very day, I'm talking about manna, okay? I'm talking about going out and picking out the manna like, and if you know me, my, I'll say, I don't wanna say my non-spiritual side, but my scientific nurse side, you know, I'm a planner, I wanna be in control, I wanna make sure I gotta have oxygen. We're talking about a pandemic where people have pneumonia, that people are in ventilators. I gotta do everything I humanly can to get oxygen. I couldn't do anything. So I'm talking about setting that down, that scientific control freak down, and going up and picking up my manna and saying, okay, okay God, I'm gonna, I trust you. I believe you and I trust you. Didn't Pastor Mike just talk about this? I believe you. I believe you, in your core. So the very day we ran out of oxygen, we got oxygen. No child died because we ran out of oxygen. And for six months, when we had no access to our oxygen in the Dominican Republic, God provided oxygen for our hospital, and our hospital never had to shut its doors, ever. It was a miracle. There is no explanation. We were having to ration supplies, ration soap, ration gloves, ration food, ration, masks, but we never, ever, ever ran out. We, we, at one point, the entire country of Haiti had no fuel, okay? You go out your door, you go to Casey's, you're like, oh, okay, Carson, you know, Carson, it's small, they ran out of gas. Let me go ahead and go hop over to Trainer and get gas. Well, Trainer doesn't have gas. You go to Council Bluffs, there's no gas there. You go to Omaha, all of Omaha doesn't have gas. You go to Lincoln, there's no gas and so on and so on. What would you do? <laughs> you would be out of gas, right? So this is what I'm talking about. Laying down your anxieties and your worries and picking up that manna that God lays out for you, but not for tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, literally what you need for today. And this is this was happening before my eyes. And we have been in Haiti for 
four years, and I've been going to Haiti for 13, and we've seen miracle after miracle, but sometimes our human side, (laughs) our scientific, non-spiritual side, takes over and says, no, you need this, you need that, oh, this can't happen, oh, what if, what if we don't get, have oxygen, what if we run out of gas, what if this, what if this? And you really have to shut that down. You have to read Deuteronomy 8.3, you have to read Psalms 91, you have to believe what God word, God's word says. And so those things are right in front of us. The whole entire country had no diesel fuel. Well, in Haiti, there's no city power There's no city water, and we have to run on generators, which you guys know, being country folk here in Iowa, what a generator is and what that does. Well, when you have no fuel, you can't use your generator, okay? So even though you can make your own power, you still have to have fuel. And being in a facility with 87 kids, 100 staff, a whole hospital, okay, and we have no fuel, which means we're going to have no power, which means children can die, So again, I'm having these tough conversations with this medical director saying, what are we gonna do when we run out of power? Which child do we need to give all the power to and which child do we not? These are real things, real life things that are happening. And God is so good because we got down to 30 gallons of diesel fuel, which may seem a lot, but it's literally like a couple hours, maybe, of fuel. And we, we turned off every single facility except for the hospital. So we were going a couple weeks without fuel, without power and water. We only had power and water for two hours a day. I kind of joke around, if you only had power for two hours a day, what would you do? What would you do? Take a bath. And what else? Charge my phone. <laughs> right? I got to charge my phone. I got to have communication. Okay, so only, only power for two hours a day, and the rest of the power is going to the hospital. And I was like, we only have 30 gallons. We've never completely ever in 20 years of this organization have run out of fuel completely. And I think we were down to almost fumes. And guess what? I went outside, and I picked up the manna. <laughs> and, I, and I ate exactly what God gave us, and God delivered fuel on that very day on that very day that we were gonna run out of fuel. It was incredible. It's almost like, okay, why do I even have to worry anymore? If God is literally showing me these things every single day, but again, our human side tends to try to take over sometimes. And it was absolutely amazing, and I'm so proud of all of our staff and everyone that was there in Haiti because it was like we were living in a war zone, but without the, the fighting because of how we were having to ration food and barely find food and ration things and, and just not knowing, would we have clean water? Would we have food to feed everyone? And no one went hungry, everyone had something to drink, and we never completely lost power. Now until you live in those types of circumstances <laughs> where you're not just trying to make sure your house, your own child has it, but you're also trying to make sure other children don't die. It's, it's a crazy experience. But I will tell you, it's been an amazing, crazy year. Ultimately, I had to spend six months away from my family, which we had no idea that that was going to happen. Um, but I feel like God gave me supernatural grace to be able to be away from my family. I'm sure people thought I was, <laughs> you know, crying every day. But I, 
the, the grieving and the sadness that you have as a mother being away from your child, I didn't experience that. And I honestly, I miss my family so much and I miss my husband and um, everything he does for us in Haiti. But God gave me supernatural grace um, to not grieve, but to really focus on what he had me there doing. And our medical director said, he's Haitian, um, and he said, you know what, when things like this happen, all the Americans usually leave. You know, they usually leave because of some reason, for, some reason or another or for safety, and I understand that. And I feel very honored that that situation where me being the only one that had access and having to stay, that I was able to live through that with my fellow Haitian family um, and just see God's miracles over and over again, even in 2020, which it was just, you know, horrible around the whole world. And so I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about that, that there are miracles happening, <laughs> and we need to remember that even though sometimes we're planners and we need this, we have to have finances to pay our bills. We have to be able to pay our electricity and pay our house. And, um, but be watching out how God works that you can also just see how God will provide for you exactly what you need in that day. And, 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 then, and then you allow him. You believe and then you allow him to work. And so it's just been an incredible year. And I'm so thankful because after six months, I was able to come home and my um, my boss, my superior, uh, was able to give me and my husband, who's been gone since March, they desperately, desperately miss him, um, uh, some extra time off in the States to um, spend with my family, and it's been such a blessing. And while I was in Haiti alone, I was able to be online with you guys. And I, I had to, I've had to do quarantine twice. When you're by yourself doing quarantine, it's not fun. Not because I had coronavirus, but because of different situations. But I was able to get online and be with you guys in fellowship um, in church. And I'm so thankful for that. And I know a lot of people, because of the pandemic, um, not being able to leave or come to church. And it's been a huge blessing to me to have access to you guys online. Um, so I want to thank you guys for that. Um, but now um, our time, our sabbatical is getting over, and we are very excited uh, to go back. A lot of people ask me, are you even going back to Haiti? Yes. <laughs> we, God has created and designed us to live in Haiti, and our passion and um, what we've been called to do is just continually renewed, and we are absolutely 100% going back to Haiti. It's our home uh, now, and so we will be going back to Haiti mid-February. Like Pastor Mike said, I'm going to go visit some family in Tennessee, um, and then we'll be heading back. And so just be praying for us. You know, the pandemic is not over, um, but God has opened the doors for Haiti to be open, and so we're, we are able to all go back. And I really feel like God's hand is on Haiti. And if you know the history of Haiti and you know Haiti at all, they've just suffered so much with endless natural disasters and problems with the government um, and coups and, and all sorts of things. And I just honestly feel like God has really spared Haiti during this pandemic. And so I'm really thankful for the, for the Haitian people. Um, but continue to pray for us as we go back as a family. Corbin's been gone now for almost a year. So that would be a little bit of a transition for him to, to go back. He, he loves to take baths, but in Haiti, you can't take baths with their water. So I'll have to be like, nope, can't take a bath. Can't drink the water out of the faucet. So <laughs> there'll be some adjustments 
excitement for him. And we're really excited to see where Danita's children is going because, like I said, during 2020, when we could have shut down the hospital, we didn't. In fact, in fact, we're just moving forward full steam ahead, and we have plans to build a NICU. Uh, right now we have an outpatient clinic, an inpatient hospital ward, and also an OR where we've been doing surgeries, and now we're going to be building a NICU. And so when God can, you know, God can do anything. It doesn't matter if there's a pandemic, <laughs> Haiti shuts down, or you don't have access to fuel. God still says, you're doing this. And we are so excited to be able to go back um, and I'll be helping oversee the opening of our of our NICU, which is really true to my heart because my son was born prematurely and was in the NICU. And so we will be, um, and we also have plans to get new generators. And so Bertico will be working on installing our new generators, which is a huge blessing to us because that's our lifeline there. Um, to close, I actually wanted to, read a song, a couple of song lyrics that we sang on Sunday. And I, I started tearing up on Sunday because every single morning when I woke up, I listened to this song. And, and it has been a really a lifeline to me um, over the last six months. And I, I just thought it was really neat that, you know, before I was speaking on Wednesday, that they played it. And it's Waymaker. Um, and, and the chorus says... You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And I listened to that song every morning when I woke up. And when they got evacuated, I actually couldn't have contact with them because at that time I was in the hospital and we weren't sure if I was going to, you know, give them coronavirus and it was a whirlwind. They left with nothing. It was like I was living a movie. Quick, grab your passport and a backpack. That's it. Get out of here. You're being evacuated on an emergency flight. And I didn't even get to hug them. And I went into my office and I was, that was probably one of the worst days of the six months, to be honest. And after that, I read Psalm 91. I read it over and over and over again. And I listened to this song every single day. And he is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. And he's a promise keeper. And I just want to tell you guys, even though 2020 was horrific, and I know we're not completely out of it, is I got to see with my own eyes and with my own life how God provided the manna that we needed when things were upside down <laughs> and everything was uncertain. God literally showed us every single day how he will and is providing for his children. And I just want to thank you guys so much for what you guys mean to me. And there's nothing like, even though Hades are home, there's nothing like coming home. <laughs> and so it was I remember after six months of being there and I finally, I didn't leave campus for six months because of the pandemic. When I finally got in the car knowing I was going to the airport, I just cried knowing that I can come home and be with my family. And also I was very, very humbled by what God had done through Danita's children um, and through me. And so you guys are a part of that. 
Um, we could not do what we're doing without you guys. And we just want to thank you, Pastor Mike and Joan, for just being faithful. And we met with them when we got back and explained, hey, you know, we're going to be here for a couple months um, just out of integrity, knowing that you guys do support us in Haiti. And they were beyond generous to us, and, and we're just so thankful for um, you guys believing in us, and uh, we just love you guys, and we love this church. So I probably took up way too much time, as I usually do, but I just want you guys to know what God is doing, and you see all of these pictures and flags out here. You guys be praying for them. Be praying for these missionaries that you guys are supporting because God is moving and God is working and God is working here in Oakland, and you don't have to be in Haiti or Guatemala or Mexico City or anywhere, you guys are missionaries right here at home. And don't let a pandemic stop you and don't let a pandemic weigh you down saying, look at all this negative things. Look for that and find your manna every day how God provides for you. So thank you guys. We love you. And we're, we're very happy to go back to Haiti, but we'll be sad to, to leave you guys. So thank you. We love you. Uh, why don't you all just stand, if you would, please. Um, she had uh, mentioned about uh, praying for them, and what better time to do that than right now? So um, maybe Glenn and Amy, if you want to come down, and Bertico and Corbin, uh, Lindsay, come on down here. And as long as you got Mom with, you might as well bring her along, too. Come on, Mom. Yeah. Just stretch your hands out toward them, and uh, let's believe God together, shall we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Well, God, we just thank you, Father God, for the uh, destiny, really, that's upon this couple's lives. We thank you, Father God, for your mercy, your goodness, and how you've kept them and sustained them and blessed them unto this present hour. And Father God, I thank you that in the days forward, moving forward, that you'll do the very same in grand style. We thank you for your blessing upon them, Father God, to keep them physically, to keep them spiritually, to keep them um, emotionally and in every other way, Father. And as a church, we just surround them with our faith and our love. And God, we thank you for the great things that will be done within this country as a result of their hand. And we thank you, Father, for your ministry of the Spirit of God and the Word of God in that place that brings life and light and illumination to a dark place. And we just thank you for it. Thank you, Father God, for uh, your grace upon them as a family, even as we uh, talked a little bit about, even like with mom and everybody else. We just thank you, Father, for keeping them and God helping us to see the big picture and what it is that you have planned. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, amen. Awesome. You may be seated. Bless you. Praise God. Um, you know, I think, um, just for fun, I don't know if it's for fun or not, but, uh, you know, um, as a general rule, at some point uh, within the service, we'd be uh, receiving our offering. And I think something that I would like to do uh, this evening is, um, I think I'd like to just take up the offering and just give it all to them. And so those of you that are watching online, if you would do the same, um, if you send your offering um, in by either texting or even online, uh, if you would do that this evening, that would be a blessing to us because then that way we can 
identify it as being part of this, uh, the gift that, that we're going to be giving to them. And it'll just help them. You know, they've got about 45 more days here in the country. And then, you know, traveling expenses, I don't know what's all like getting back home, but when you got three people going, they don't say, hey, we'll do this for free. And so this will just uh, help to be a blessing to them. So in uh, other words, what I'm saying, the entire offering, whatever you're, you're giving, you give it to the church, Fellowship Church, but we'll see to it that they're, um, uh, that they receive your gift uh, tonight, okay? Don't you think that'd be all right? Let's just be a blessing to them and, uh, um, and uh, do what we can to help take care of them, amen. Praise God. Awesome, all right, uh, do I have ushers? I got one, one faithful guy, two maybe. Like I said, it's a strange night. But anyway, he's got an envelope. If you're giving cash and want a receipt for your giving, uh, you can make your checks again, as I said, out to Fellowship Church. And, and uh, whatever it is that comes in this evening, that's what we'll, we'll send it. Uh, we'll give it all to them and uh, just be a blessing to them. So if you want to do something a bit extra, um, by all means, I would encourage you in that. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's wait a little bit and give people opportunity. That was really good. Lindsay, bless you, man. I mean, you know, for a gal who had to talk fast, you made it happen. Praise God. I mean, really. I mean, well, I know. You did great. You really did. Very uh, thoughtful and, uh, you know, I'm sure that people would rather that I were a bit more concise. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that good at that. But uh, anyway, let's see. I have an offering. Did you make one out, honey? Okay. I got another one here. Okay. We'll just double up. See if mine's bigger than yours. Praise the Lord. Well, listen, uh, let's hold our uh, offering up toward heaven here. Father, we just thank you. We love you, and we thank you for the privilege, Father. You said in your word it's more blessed to uh, give than it is to receive, and certainly that's true tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to sow. We also thank you, Father, uh, for the opportunity to support, and we also thank you for the opportunity to bless. And so, Father, we just thank you for helping this couple as we t uh, already prayed uh, to move forward in the plan that you have for them, and that your goodness and mercy, Father God, will surround them every place they go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right, so pass them buckets if you would. Would you get a little bit extra from our cameraman there if you could, Jeff? While he's having to have both hands on that thing, you just get in his pocket and clean up his... Yeah, oh, he did. Well, you know, he might have a bit more in there. You can check, you know. I don't know if he's a cash man or not. You know, younger people aren't cash people. Did you know that? They are not. No, they don't carry cash. Just ask my sons. They don't have cash. So you go someplace. And, hey, I tell you one thing about it, though. Don't you think, let's, let's, do, let's just do a, uh, let's do a survey here. Don't you think that if you go someplace and they tell you that the bill is $37.67 and don't you think that if you have to pull a $50 bill out of your pocket and give that to them and watch what comes back, that's more impactful than when they go, Whoosh. huh? Wouldn't you say? 
Or now, you know, with the chips, you know, you just stick it in there. But I tell you what, you start giving people your cash, and I don't know, somehow or another, uh, at least that's my thought. Amen. Listen, I want to do something here for just a few moments. Just want to give you a little word of edification. Would that be all right? Let's look at a verse of Scripture together, uh, one that we've looked at before in Mark chapter 4. And um, just want to share a few thoughts with you. This is something that we took up two weeks ago in our Sunday morning service. Um, but I just felt like, you know, that uh, just something for us to um, maybe we can uh, piggyback it on some of the things that Lindy was, Lindsay was talking about when it comes to, you know, manna from heaven. Um, familiar story, I know, to many of you. But notice here in Mark chapter 4, in verse 35, it says that... Uh, after uh, he had got done preaching the entire day, preached the message on the sorcerers, the word, and things of that nature. In verse 35, it says, That same day, when the even was come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us pass over to the other side. That's a significant point, because there's something that Jesus stated there. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also other... Uh, also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Now, you know, just as a matter of pausing here for a moment, I mean, who does that? Who's, who's sleeping in the middle of a storm? Well, Jesus was. I would like to suggest to you that uh, perhaps there were two reasons for that. Number one, he was probably exhausted. Number two, you know, he was possessed of peace. Amen. He was just trying to do some catching up. So anyway, he was in the hinder part of the ship in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, Master, don't you care that we're about to perish? And uh, so he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, sometimes the physical circumstances, like what Lindsay was making reference to, can be really, um, they really uh, bring to bear upon our lives concern. Would you not say that's true? I mean, when she didn't have oxygen or when they were running out of diesel fuel and things of that nature, and the consequence of that, you know, because there were really lives at stake. You know, we had, a, we had some things that went on here today in our country, you know, that were so, um, I would say sad uh, is probably putting it mildly. But, you know, um, in, in spite of all of this that, that we see and that we're experiencing, it doesn't change God's purpose within our lives. And that's why it's important for us as believers to keep our eyes, keep the main thing the main thing. Are you listening to me? irregardless or irrespective of, you know, the things that we see going on. The, the, uh, when Paul was writing, he, he made reference to the simple fact. He said that in these days, you and I in the last days, perilous, treacherous times will come. And, and we're witnessing that. But again, it doesn't change God's purpose where our lives are concerned. Are you listening to me? So when Jesus made the statement, let's go to the other side, that was the mandate that he had given to the disciples. It was also a mandate that he had gotten from heaven. So when God says something, that's what he intends to do. Now, that was, there was an attempt to have that circumvented, you know, where Jesus' life is concerned. But, 
you know, he received this mandate to fulfill God's will within his life. God told him, go to the other side. And it's interesting because all he really did is go cast the devil out of this guy that was running around naked in the, in the cemetery and set him free. And then they got back in the boat and went back. You know, Jesus, I mean, God really cares about one person. Are you listening to me? If it's just one, it's worth everything. And so not only that, you know, um, he had this mandate to do this. But, you know, you and I have been given a mandate from heaven. It may be in a general sense. It could be in a specific sense. But we all have been given that just like Jesus had. And in his pursuit of fulfilling that divine call, he faced opposition from really every imaginable angle that you can, I mean, even think of. I mean, if it wasn't people you know, that were chewing on him and trying to trip him up or tempt him or, you know, try to overthrow what it was he was doing. He goes out in this ship being exhausted to go to another place where ministry would take place and the devil showed up in a physical kind of way to try to destroy their lives. Are you with me? And so when you think about, you know, facing opposition, uh, the truth is, is that you and I are going to, we're going to face the same. You say, well, I don't, I don't really like the sounds of that. Well, you can't get around it, man. We're in this world, even though we're not of it. You still have to deal with these things. But you're not alone. I said you're not alone. And you're not without help. You're not without power. You're not without strength. You're not without ability. You're not without answers. You're not without solution. I mean, praise God, God is a majority. And there is sufficiency with him. He said, I am almighty God. Glory to God. And so that's the thing that we always have to remember. But, you know, with every great threat or challenge or whatever it is that, you know, the things that came uh, in a way to contest Jesus, you know, he always, everybody say always, he always emerged victorious. Praise God. Just as you and I will if we'll walk in the way that he would have us to. Amen? Because he's made us more than conquerors through him. He told these guys, he said, let us, I think this is interesting, he said, let us go to the other side. We may not have thought much about that in, in, in the full context, but what I want you to do is I want you to hear the mandate that he gives or, you know, uh, gives to these disciples regarding God's will for their life. It could be said something like this, you know, it's like, um, 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 Jesus going with you or me or them to a place where there's uncertainty. You know, some situations we get into, we don't know everything about them. How do you know what I'm talking about? But he said, nah, it's okay. Let's let, let us, let, let, We'll go, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. It'd be like, you know, I was trying to uh, think of some kind of a natural, you know, analogy. It'd be like uh, helping a child across the street. No, come on, honey. I'll help you. I'll make sure, you know, we'll, we'll make sure there's no cars coming, you know, or that your life is not threatened or, you know, your life won't be in. He said, let us go to the other side. Now, you got to decide what your other side is or wherever it is that you, you know, the dream you have in your heart or whatever it is that God wants to do. But, but he's saying, hey, I'll, I'll go with you. You know, in other places we find in the scriptures, you know, uh, when the centurion came to him, he said, I've got this servant that's sick and, um, you know, he's about to die. He said, he, this way he said, I'll, I'll come and heal him. That's exactly what he said. I'll come and heal him. You know, 
And of course, the centurion said, you don't need to do that. I'm not even worthy. If you'll just say the word, then he'll be healed. Another place, you know, uh, somebody, the disciples said, they got, they send these people away. They got nothing to eat. And he says, why don't we feed them? You know? So the sufficiency and the care, you know, uh, that God has for us is so powerful. You know, we see all of the things that are going on in the world, you know, and, and uh, he makes his statement. He said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Now, in the world, there's going to be tribulation. But listen, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. So I tell you what, he'll take up for his own. She was making reference to Psalm 91. Uh, that's a good, that's a good uh, psalm to know, amen, in these, in these last days. You know, so... One more thought to that, you know, with regard to the way that Jesus carried himself in dealing with people. Jairus came. His daughter's about to die. And, you know, the whole story, they came to him, don't trouble the master any further. He says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Only believe. So there's some really, really powerful things in the context of when Jesus giving you a mandate about God's plan for your life, what it is that he wants to do in your life, you know, because anxiety is never a characteristic of the king or his kingdom. And the truth is, is that it, it should be, it really should be the same way with us. He said, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. You know, you listen to the evening news and all of a sudden, you know, care wells up, but you know what? He said he'd take care of his own. How many of you believe that? You know, so it's just important for us, especially in this context, you know, to understand that. Um, notice what it says here in 37 and 8, verses 37 and 8. Uh, when this great storm of wind came up and the waves beat into the ship so it was full, he was in the stern of the ship. He was asleep on a pillow. So I got I to gotta believe he wasn't too stirred up about it. Would you agree? Huh? And um, um, so... I guess at the end of the day, um, we just can't allow care, worry, and anxiety to be the thing that's dominating our life. Amen? So to maybe just uh, bring this to a close a little bit, what does going to the other side uh, look like for you? For you, you know? Because everybody's deal is different, you know? I mean, it might be, you know, I just, I just need, I, I need to be content, you know, or I need contentment, maybe that's a better way of putting it. It may be something financial, it may be something health-wise, it may have an attitude. You know, some people, you know, uh, they got issues with their attitude. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, it's called unstable. <laughs> you know, they're up today, down tomorrow. God doesn't want you to be like that, nor do you, I'm sure. But what does it look like for uh, you as a human being, as a person? Um, your greatest asset um, uh, in going where he wants you to go is knowing what the word of God says about and for you. That's, I mean, anything you read in the scriptures, whether it was Jesus dealing with the devil saying it is written, or when he said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. You know, that's why, you know, his word is our constant. And, you know, and, and uh, Lindsay was talking about that, you know, about believing what it is that he has said. 
You know, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, you know, that I will take care of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So whatever it is, you know, but, but here's the point. What do we know when it comes to what his word says? If we don't know what his word says, then we're just kind of out there on our own. Amen. So thank God for the part we do know. And, and thankfully, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to know a lot more before it's over with. How many of you believe that? So I, I encourage you, you know, um, to, you know, let the word of God be your constant. You know, that, it, you know, she's, she was talking about every day. She'd listen to that uh, song and she would read Psalm 91. That's, that's, that's pretty good breakfast, in my opinion. Are you listening to me? But, you know, most people won't do that, you know. But I think that, uh, you know, if you, if you want to see transformational change in your life, and you have a certain area of need in your life, then you're going to have to saturate yourself with what it is that he's promised. That's all there is to it, you know? And I believe that if you'll do that, you'll be blessed. How many of you believe that? Amen? So when you, when you set out to take up new territory, there's always going to be obstacles. Jesus had them. David had them. Abraham had them. Everybody's got them. You don't get around it. You know, young David, I don't know, he might have been 15, 17 years old, I, I, somewhere in that neighborhood, whatever it was, when he killed Goliath. And, you know, I don't know when Samuel showed up on his doorstep and anointed him to be the king, but he was probably in his teens, but he never actually became a king until he was 30. And then the kingdom was divided, you know, so he only had two tribes and, and um, Saul's family or relatives had the other 10. And I think it was seven and a half years before they finally merged together. So, so he becomes a king over two of them at 30. He becomes a king over in all of Israel in 30, uh, 37. So it's conceivable. When God made this promise to him, it took him 20 years before the fulfillment of it came to pass. You say, well, I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> well, I, you know, here's, here's the thought. If you're willing to wait forever, it probably won't take very long, you know. That's like, you know, I made reference to Abraham, you know, he was 75 years old and God first approached him and he said, I'm almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect and I'll make a great nation out of you. Well, it took 25 years for the promise to even be born in Isaac and then all of the other things. As a matter of fact, you know, Abraham passed before the fulfillment of what God said. Actually, he has become the father of many nations, hasn't he? Well, he's made some promises to you too. He said, I made you more than a conqueror through my son who loved you. So, you know, a lot of folk, you know, they don't think of themselves as conquerors, but you should. Why? Because you are, you know. And, and the thing of it is, is the sooner you get to the point of realizing, you know what, I am a more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I'm going to believe that. Well, if you believe that you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you, you will talk different. And you will act different, wouldn't you? You know, when somebody wins the game, when they've won, you know, there's a, there's a strut to them. Why? Because they've won. Well, if he's made you more than a conqueror, you know, there's a certain degree of confidence that you'll be having because of something that you know. And it's the word of God that helps you to understand that. Amen? So something for you to think about. When Jesus says, hey, Let's, let's go to the other side of your life and let's bring about change right here with this. You can say, I'm in. I'll go with you. Praise God. And guess what? He'll do it. Y'all believe that? 
Why don't you stand with me, if you would, please? It's a great destiny, you guys, upon your lives. You, 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 have to re, you have to know that, and you have to believe it. You know, you're not a mistake. You know, you didn't show, you know, I was born 10 years past everybody else in my family. I was not planned, let's put it that way. But Jesus had a plan. Huh? And, you know, it turned out all right. I mean, it was going south there for a while, but, you know, <laughs> when you get saved, thank God there's hope. Amen. So you're not a mistake. There's a plan that he has for you, and that ought to be our pursuit. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for our time together tonight in such a rich uh, uh, environment, Father God, for us to be encouraged in our faith. And we just thank you, Father, that in the days and weeks and even months ahead, Father God, that great grace will rest upon us. Glory to God. And not only that, Father, but we'll all have the privilege of being able to share and give reason for the hope that is within us. And we just thank you, Father God, that we'll, be, we'll stand ready to provide answers to people, Father God, for what it is that we know to be true in you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Some weeks back, uh, it might have been a month or two now, uh, I don't know. I had a call kind of out of the blue of someone who uh, doesn't attend our church. And they started asking me about, you know, what's going on and this and that and the other. And, and, and the reason they're asking is because they were concerned, scared. And there's a whole lot of folk that are just like that. And I'm telling you, you guys, you and, our, you and I are heaven's mouthpiece to share with those people why they don't have to be afraid if they're in the right place with our Father. Praise God. I tell you, there's doors of opportunity that are going to be open to the church. And I'm not talking about the church physical. I'm talking about the church people. And so, you know, all you got to do is tell them your story. Tell them what you know. You don't have to be some, you know, linguist. You don't have to be some, you know, orator. You don't have to know everything in the Bible. Tell them what you know. This is what I know. Blind kid, you know, he got healed. He says, I don't know, man. All I know is I couldn't see and now I can. You know, so that's, that's, that's you know, pretty simple, but people get it, right? So anyway, God bless you all. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, Lindsay Pertico, God bless. When, when are you bolting here pretty quick, huh? Okay, next week. Okay, so a little bit of time. And so anyway, well, listen, uh, you can greet those around you. We're going to dismiss you, cut you loose, and we'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless.